Welcome to What's New on the Scene. Today I'm chatting with Ryan from Huckleberry and the Devil's Dandruff, a band from the Newcastle area. Would you like to introduce the origin story of your music and I guess how the band was created? Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I guess I just always played music, really. My dad played guitar around the house a lot when I was growing up and still does. My nan played piano a lot. Um, I guess how the band started was, I guess, um, I guess I just started, you know, working out songs and playing songs and finding different things I liked and then went, oh, it's fun to play with other people, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the bones of it, I guess. And then it just sort of went from there and, now it is what it is, whatever that is. I guess that's for other people to think about in a way. Mm. Yeah. So what type of music do you create and what instruments do you play? Um, I play guitar. I play banjo. I sing. Um, I guess it's like blues primarily, a bit of jazz stuff. Bit of ragtime sort of thing, swampy blues, you know, like um, I guess I like hokum blues and all all different sub genres of blues, you know. Yeah. Was there a moment where you decided that music was what you wanted to pursue as a career? I guess not so much as a career. There was definitely a moment when I was like, oh, this is definitely fun, and this is definitely rewarding and that was just on a pretty pedestrian level I guess you could put it you know like just playing a song and like whoa I learned that and how it actually made me feel and you know like inside made me feel good so I kept on doing it found it rewarding and kept doing it what styles of music do you listen to and has that changed I guess as your you know, music journey has progressed. Yeah, it definitely changes all the time. I get really obsessed with different songs or different um, sounds and different music. I guess I definitely listen to the things that I want to play or like. I like a lot of early blues stuff, like pre-war blues, um, jazz, folk and country. I've been a bit obsessed with Hawaiian at the moment a little bit um a lot of western swing stuff bob wills and his texas playboys i really like at the moment um yeah i get really fixated on one thing and then want to listen to everything of that and try and learn it i guess or you know try and replicate it in some way who are your musical influences i feel there's a lot but i guess early stuff like Arthur Crudup, which is like the dude that Elvis got lots of his stuff from. Like That's All Right Mama and all those ones. Helen Wolf is definitely one. Tom Waits. I mean, you'd have to mention Bob Dylan and any musical question like that, really, because I don't know how he couldn't have influenced someone or anything like that. Um, it's sort of hard to answer because, I mean, everything, you know, like even here in a chainsaw or someone... A car going slow or fast, things like that sort of 
Oh, that's a funny sound. Things like that. Yeah, I think I just like noise. I think I'm a pretty noisy person. And I think that comes out probably in music, really. What is your favourite album and song of all time? Well, I had a bit of an answer for this one. As I was mentioning before, I did write things down. Um, one that, well, I've got sort of like a, a two, two question, two, two answers to it, but then I've got another little bit. So a uh, Tom Waits song called Way Down the Hole, that always makes me feel really good when I listen to it. And then one that I've been really obsessed with at the moment is the Swan Silvertones, If You Think Your God Is Dead. They're just songs, they're not albums. But then three albums that I got really into, well, I didn't have like the internet or any means to buy CDs or records or anything um, of a while ago. And I had uh, Tom Waits album called Orphan Brawlers and Bastards. And that's like a three disc one with loads and loads of songs and loads of covers and stuff. And a Jelly Roll Morton CD. And I think there was a Gary Higgins CD in there as well. It was all on my computer, actually. It was like back in LimeWire days when you'd like, wouldn't even get the proper songs. It'd be like cut in between. But yeah, I thought that was a way to answer it. But that's hard to, you know, how do you listen to one thing for the rest of your life? You're going to get sick of it at some point. Then you probably come back and have the nostalgia thing of like, oh, I listened to this so much in this certain time of my life. You know, there's definitely things I grew up around, like um, David Gray. Mum and Dad would listen to that every holiday we would go to, to Queensland. And I hate David Gray because of that. And I just think of car trips, which is not so bad. But, yeah. What is your creative process like? And what advice would you give others to improve their songwriting and performance at gigs? Um, I think every time is different, like every song. I guess that's, for me, I try and like set little goals or something or challenges and try and make everything sound different because it's really, really easy to fall in the trap of every song sounding the same because it's really easy to go, oh, that's my comfortable place and where I can sing and play like. Um, I think definite advice that I would give anyone, but I think I've sort of been given it, but it's sort of just, I think, following through with an idea, like allowing yourself to believe in it or this, you know, have that space to create something and trying to get a start and a finish to it in the first little whim of motivation or inspiration when you get that and trying to get somewhere within that and then go away and then come back like yeah i think i'm a bit of a slow songwriter where i have loads and loads of ideas but then constantly want to like put more in there or think of something different and that's sort of hard because it's like you want to finish something, but when is it ever finished? I think that's something that everyone struggles with, but I think just not being hard on yourself is probably a big one. Trying to don't reward yourself too much for writing a crappy song about washing the dishes or something, but maybe those mon those songs about mundane things are the best songs ever, really, because everyone can relate to it. Yeah. 
What is the best advice that you have been given by a mentor or a collaborator or even your friends and family about succeeding with your music? I wish I had more things to say, but, um, uh, well, good friend of mine and I guess someone I play with and mentor or something, you know, probably the people I look up to is some of the things of like what not to do, but so Hank Green, he plays a piano on some of my recordings and plays around town a lot and stuff. He, um, I had him playing piano and different stuff with me for a while. And the band around us were always going like, oh, what's he doing there? What's going on? Stuff like that. But he was really like, well, you know, you got to make it follow me, not the rules. And that's, in a way, I guess that I think that's a good one because it makes you realise that there isn't no rules at all. You can, rules are made to be broken and stuff, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just made me go like, well, yeah, you can do whatever you want, really. And if you can't get the band to follow you, it's really probably something else going on, communication stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That one really helped me go like, oh, well, it's not me, is it? No. I just shot for the ego, which is really what you want, really. Mm. I don't there's any musician or any artist or anything like that in the whole wide world that's not insecure or doesn't want to hear positive remarks about what they're creating. Who have been the most influential people in your life that have helped you achieve your dreams and aspirations? Um, well, from day dot, mum and dad, because I wouldn't be here without them. Um, I guess as far as like dreams and aspirations... Well, my partner Miranda's very, very positive towards my creative endeavors and very helpful. Um, she is a filmmaker herself, so she does all the film work and creative work in that stands for me. And we celebrate each other's stuff a lot. Um, I guess just other people giving me the time of day or, you know, more or less, like, letting you learn things and learning in your own way and learning slowly maybe not getting too frustrated or maybe frustrated in the right way because you go like come on you know how to do this or stuff like that uh i used to have a band called the empty pockets and um brian dylan who's still he's in adam one by but he was pretty big on helping me learn how to sing a bit i guess and play banjo and guitar he's pretty Good in good teacher. What are some of the things that you do to ensure that you're always focused on what it is that you want to achieve in music and also in life as well? I think just not being too hard on myself is probably a big one, or maybe trying to celebrate the things as well. You know, you finish a bit of a project or you get somewhere with a recording or you get a good gig or something and actually taking that in and going, oh, well, I wasn't doing this last year or something like that. I guess the other side is trying to have time away from it. Like I don't try and push myself too much to go, I've got to sit down and play guitar for 15 hours and stuff like that, where I sort of inside feel like that all the time because I want to get better and learn more. But it's sort of, well, mentally, I'm in much better space when I don't push myself too much. You know, don't have those anxious thoughts towards creating or passions. Because in the end of the day, that's all it is. Yeah. 
<laughs> what are some of the things that you like to do outside of music? Well, I had a good one for these. Um, well, drinking is definite, uh, definitely a passionate pastime of, me, of mine. As you say, I've got a vodka and vodka and soda and lemon. Um, that's a good way to start the afternoon. I like listening to music as well. That goes hand in hand. I mean, see it talking shit to people and friends and stuff. That's always good. Or it can be good. Sometimes it ends good or sometimes it ends the night. You know, you can have a bad conversation and walk home kicking rocks. But I guess in the other stance with that, I don't know, Some lots of the songs I've made up have come from those scenarios all alone in the middle of the night. <laughs> all shop shut and all publish up. If you could only listen to three songs or albums for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? We had this one. already Because this was a good answer. This was the Tom Waits, Orphan Brawls and Bastards. Uh, Jelly Roll Morton album, Red Hash by Gary Higgins. Um, they're not who I would listen to for the end of time, but they definitely make me uh, nostalgic for me because I lived for, I think it was two or three years. It felt like a lifetime probably because everything was on repeat, but I had the radio to listen to. I lived and didn't, um, it was only in Hamilton I was living, but for whatever reason, I didn't have the internet didn't have much money to spend, you know, buying records and stuff. I don't know if I had a record player. Or oh, the girl that I live with actually broke the record player that I had. So I had records and she broke the needle. She tried to replace it. She went somewhere and got a new needle for it. But it, um, it was only a cheap one from Kmart or Target, the record player itself. So the needle probably wasn't replaceable. It wasn't designed to be replaced. But those were the albums that I had that I've listened to. So they're quite nostalgic. I think I find that one hard to answer because anything I think you're going to get sick of, like you can't listen to Yellow Submarine for the rest of your life or Eagles album or something, you're going to go crazy. Like whatever it is, Theolonius Monk's going to kill you or anything like that. But maybe some people can just listen to one thing. I, went, you know, I love listening to different songs because you always find something different in there you didn't hear a hundred times before or something, but after a while, something's going to give you. We all live in a yellow summer. <laughs> You're going to yeah, end up in the loony bin. If you were granted three wishes that would allow you to meet each of your three favourite celebrities or musicians, who would they be and why? Um... I'd definitely love to meet Cab Calloway or maybe just to see Cab Calloway do his thing and hang out with him. I guess I'd, I guess I'd endeavour to be his friend or he'd be like, oh, you're all right. Come and hang out with me later or something. But definitely I'd love to meet Robert Johnson and just go, is the whole mythology true? Like, he's the dude that there's the whole mythology that he sold his soul to the devil and that's how he learnt to play guitar or he went away and came back after that and could really play, but before that he couldn't. And it just, I think, you know, to put the mythology to rest and go, well, actually, where is this crossroads and does it really happen at 12 o'clock and all that stuff? Because, um, yeah, can I go down there too? That would be nice. I think, well, I'll, on that note, I guess, Van Gogh would be someone I'd really love to meet, probably just to give him a hug 
and go, your stuff's really good. It doesn't sound like he got much praise in his actual mm. life. But, yeah, I think just to meet him and go, it's good, keep going. Or, Look after yourself. People appreciate you. People are going to talk about you and make movies for another 100 years and more, and there's no one that can compare. Or maybe arguably I shouldn't get into things like that. That's too topical. That's like politics, maybe. What has been your favourite gig so far? Uh, I don't really have one. I think that's hard to answer. I think any gig, anywhere, that, like it's always exciting playing somewhere new. I haven't played before. Anywhere that anyone dances a little bit is always nice. Or just see someone like tapping their foot or, well, I mean, as soon as someone starts dancing or tapping along or, singing along or joining in in some way feels good straight away so i think oh actually i've got probably got heaps of funny stories to think of, but i did write one down and try to do my homework before in the questions i played a gig at it's, it's actually a share house but it's sort of like a big house it's a it's a pretty dodgy house in cooks the fishbowl but you know like tina this is not our festival um it's probably like four or five years ago now. It's a while. But I played some gig there. Um, that's when we were Huckleberry and the Sunnyside Serenaders. We played a, like closing of Tina Festival sort of thing. And this couple, I don't think they're together anymore, but that's besides the point. Um, while we were playing, they traded clothes from head to toe. That was pretty funny to watch. That was pretty good. Well, there's always little memorable things like that. That makes a gig good because you remember it. Even the, you know, even the shockers, they're always memorable. What is your favourite venue? Um, oh, I sort of, well, I've got to give a plug to my um, dear old friend, Andrew Dunn, who is the publican now at the Lassa Gallery. Um, I do like the Lassa a lot and that is pretty fun. And I have a gig coming up there. We can talk about later and give that a plug, maybe. What is your latest release and what was the recording and releasing process like? The last thing I released was a single from the, well, it's going to be on an album, hopefully. It's called, or well, when we record the whole thing, that's been a bit of an issue. Um, it's called Lay With You. Um, the recording process was recording drums and bass, guitar, vocals, all live on a Sunday night at His and Crackle Records. Um, Mitch let us come in there and do it, and we did it with another guy called Chuck. A uh, bit of a shout-out to Chuck Industries. He did a really good job, and he mixed it all, all together and made it sound good. And then... After we did that, um, Ben McCauley, guitarist I've got playing with me all the time, long-suffering guitarist, um, put his guitar parts on it. And then on that song, a good friend of Dean Piper sung on it and Ed, Ed um, saxophone player, saxophonist, uh, put all his stuff down at home and put it and then Chuck put it all together and then we got mastered and then put it out. It was all pretty stagnated because of COVID. 
that was really hard because we did the stuff in the shop on the Sunday. I think we plan to do the next little installment with Ben going into Chuck's house and doing his parts on the guitar on the Friday. And that's when we went into like the second lockdown and you weren't allowed at people's houses again and stuff. And then I guess it was a couple of months and then we did it after that same thing, but it put a bit of a spanner in the works. That was a bit painful, but it's all done now. And we've got to, you know, onwards and upwards. And we've got another, can you talk about other stuff? Yeah, if you want to. Because like from that recording, we actually endeavoured, well, I guess I'm a bit of a dreamer, maybe, or a bit off more than I can chew. I think we ended, actually did record eight or nine around that song, but I wasn't really happy with any of, only two of them I was happy with. So we're going to finish the rest of them further down the line. But the second song that I was happy with is all finished and polished off, and we're going to release that on the 25th of March with a single launch at the Lassa Gallery. And big, we're going to share that with the bill with, um, well, with Mitch's band from His and Crackle called the Howling Rats. They're going to open the night and then we're going to finish it and we'll definitely play that song, but it'll be up on the internet everywhere for everyone to listen to if they want to, <laughs> or if they don't, they can just ignore it. Because that's a good thing about the internet. There's a lot of space for everyone. Everyone's got a space there. <laughs> the internet doesn't discriminate. You can put anything you like up on there. What is your dream venue that you want to play at? Um, I've been to New Orleans once. I'd really like to go back there. I really, I think I just really like to be there in general, really. I'd love to play at the Spotted Cat, which is a like, pretty heritage place in New Orleans. I mean, if I could play at Preservation Hall, that would be pretty huge. But just anywhere in New Orleans, I think. I think I'd love to just be in New Orleans again, really. That's, yeah. What was your highlight of 2021 and what goals are there to make 2022 an even better year? Um, well, I don't know about you, but 2021 was a bit of a write-off. It was pretty, a bit of a shocker, really. But I, I, in that sense, it was sort of good to take a step back with all the lockdown stuff and COVID world. I um, found a lot more time to play music and think about music because I think that's a big thing for me, just like processing like oh that's what I want to do or you know like learning songs and finishing songs it was good to do those records so we did those last year but that was a bit of a clanker because it won't probably won't go into the ins and outs of it all too much but didn't all work out that well and the band's had a bit of a lineup change um 2022 I mean, just trying to record more songs and release stuff, just play more gigs and have fun. Yeah, hopefully people like what we're doing, like the band and what, what it's all about, I guess. Or I don't even know what it's all about, but, you know, like just want to come and see us and, that and grab your partner, heel, heel and toes, slides, <laughs> no way you go, I don't know. Um. We do have lots of plans for 2022, really. Well, I do. I hope. Well, moving the house is so moving the house 
at the current moment, that's really painful. The real estate want to move back into our house. But um, try and make that all positive. I don't know. The house stuff, I don't know. But uh, we're going to re-release the EP that we did a couple of years ago. We got that mastered and there's more songs on it. Two new songs. So that'll happen at some point. Uh, we're going to play at Tamworth Country Music Festival. <laughs> Uh, the end of April, April 22nd and April 24th, the day before Anzac Day, my mum's birthday at the Welder's Dog. And I think we'll probably have it all together by then, try and sell physical CDs and make some merch, make some shirts or something to go with it. Or I went to Tamworth and all I got was this CD. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of that then. Maybe. Maybe that's a go. If anyone actually does listen to this and is really into that idea, you could put an order in. I went to Tamworth and all I got was a Huckleberry shirt. If you're really into it, you can order one. Maybe Amanda, you want one? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Colour. What is a song or album recommendation for the podcast listeners to check out that's been released by an artist from the Newcastle region? Uh, one of my favourite bands that don't get much credit, really. I mean, not as much as they deserve, I don't think. I guess I've, I've only seen them play once, so maybe they did get heaps of credit at one point. But it's Paco and Wall. It's called The Magnificent Two. It is, you can find it on the internet, so no one sort of has any excuses not to listen to it. It's, really just, it's a song called The Day I Followed Through. Um, the song doesn't need much explanation or, you know, I can't do the line of notes for that one. I think you just listen to it and, yeah. Uh, the Howlin' Rats, as I mentioned before, that are going to support us for the single launch for You're Only Foolin', the next single we're going to put out. They did an EP oh, a couple of months ago, or it doesn't feel like that long ago. They did an EP called Parade. I really like it's a good one to listen to in the car on a drive. Um, there's heaps of good music around. I don't know. I don't like lots of music, if that's okay to say. But, yeah, try and be tolerant. Probably lots of people don't like my music. We all got to get along. <laughs> Just like, you know, it's a big place. Mm. Well, it's been great chatting with you today, Ryan. Good luck with your upcoming single launch and I guess the yeah, releasing process, hopefully it goes well and people will see you play in Tamworth in April and hopefully they buy the merch too. Yeah, yeah. What You reckon I'll put you down for one of the shirts? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Amanda, for having me. Mm. I'm at, my drink's actually finished, so good time to wrap it up. Um, all right. Um, did you want to add anything else? Uh, no, if you could end it with yippity yep, that's all, folks. You can probably do that at the end. I'm just going to do the outro thing, say, you know, follow what's new on the scene and that sort of stuff and then you can add that at the very end I'll sort of give you a moment and you can have it 
will give me a thumbs up or yeah, I will. Yeah. How um, long does it go? Could I make a drink in that time? Yeah, quickly. I guess so. I mean you can pause this at any time. Like the recording just <laughs> Oh it's gonna stagnate it maybe. Yeah, like I can cut out bits. Make it longer or shorter, whatever. Um, follow what's new on the scene on Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify. You can also listen to the episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Anchor. So the links to where you can listen to are in the bio on Facebook and Instagram. Also, make sure to send through your Music of the Week recommendations by midnight on Tuesdays and make sure that you are supporting your local musicians or artists who you've either discovered before and have been listening to recently or their artists that you just want to give a bit of a plug to and promote. Um, Make sure that you also follow Lyrically Introspective, which is a sister podcast of What's New on the Scene, produced by um, Mintflow Media, and the links are there on um, the, the, you can follow Lyrically Introspective on Facebook and Instagram as well, and listen to the episode on Spotify. Um, We've been What's New on the Scene. See you next time. Well, yep, yep, that's all, folks. Sayonara from me and Buster, my kitty cat. Oh, he just scratched me. Well, thanks, Amanda. Thanks for all you do. You do a good thing. Yeah, no, thank you, Ryan. It's been great chatting to you.